You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. All right, you guys, it is our last week of the month of love. And last week, you guys know that we had the CMO of OKCupid, OKCupid, excuse me, Melissa Hobley on the podcast, just to talk us through the different ways that we should be approaching dating apps these days, because that in 2022 does seem like the best way to meet people. And that's kind of what we're moving into. But I started thinking that we needed to backtrack into how to actually date a little bit. Um, I know for me, I have talked openly with you guys about just some sort of unhealthy relationship dynamics that I've been in my entire life. And so what I'm really actually trying to learn now is a new way to date. So Leah, remind me how to say your last name. Aguirre. Leah Aguirre is here to talk us through different ways to date with intention. She is a licensed clinical social worker. She's in San Diego. Oh my gosh, this is super early for you. I just realized this is a super early morning. I'm an early early bird. I love wake. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing like a little dating with your coffee in the morning. (laughs) Dating talk. Um, But you mostly work with 20 and 30 something year old women just who are on the same journey as me and really like wanting to own their self-worth, own themselves, and then figure out how to take that dynamic into a relationship. So I need your help. We need your help today. Can you help us, Leah? <laughs> Hi, first of all. Hi. I think that the biggest part is like you mentioned, like you're, is I don't think people date themselves or figure themselves out prior to dating. And I think that's key. And that's what I did wrong all in my 20s was I was seeking someone to complete me. And you're just mm. going with the, like your antennas are up just for the one. And you're not actually doing the work yourself to work through all the stuff that's creating this like compulsive need to date and find the one or be in the relationship. So I think that's, I think that's like the first part is recognize the stuff you need to work on, what you've gone through in the past, what you need in a partner, what you bring to the table before even like going on, you know, any dates. And I don't, I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't date, but I think like if you go into a situation, not knowing your worth and not knowing what you're looking for, 
you're essentially going in blind and you don't really know how to navigate situations that are tough or unhealthy or even like healthy because you don't know like what to look for or what you want. Yeah, it's so huge. I've been talking a lot about that too because I realized as I'm getting out of my last relationship that a lot of people get out of serious relationships and they just bounce right into the next thing, you know? And I've done that back in my 20s before. And um, something I did learn in my 30s, similar to what you're saying, is just that after such a big relationship, if I'm not taking the time to reflect on what I brought to the table there, why I picked that partner, what the dynamic was in general, I'm just going to keep repeating the same pattern over and over and over again. Yeah. And I think it's, I think also it's like what we witnessed growing up or like the social programming that also goes into it where we're like, well, this is like normal or this is Mm. okay. I do think that we, especially women are have like higher, are socialized to have like higher tolerance or threshold for bullshit. And Uh (laughs) I think then we just kind of go into every situation with very like a high threshold and versus being like, actually, even like, if I can tolerate this, I don't have to. Right. Oh my God. My therapist always says to me that I have an unhealthy, what did she say? An unhealthy tolerance for unacceptable behavior. Yeah. And <laughs> so I that's think, something I'm working on. <laughs> I think too, like as someone who's compassionate and empathic, mm-hmm. really is caring and giving, Oftentimes it's, you want to, you, you know, you want to see the best in people. You like see her and you see what someone's been through. So then we're so much more forgiving in that way oftentimes. And then you let things go and you let very abusive behaviors go or even just subtly abusive behaviors go. Cause you're like, well, they had this going on, you know, growing up or like, this is their past relationship or they just don't trust people. And so then you just kind of almost like fuel their own narrative. <laughs> Completely. Because you're just like being, and it's not even conscious. Like I really think oftentimes when you're so giving and you just care so deeply for, for people that it's easy to just let things go and to, I guess, like justify behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And I think like, especially if you're a person who like, I feel, I mean, I know I don't do this perfectly. No one does, but I constantly kind of want to know like what I'm doing wrong and I want to do something or learn something to change it. And so I kind of operate from this place that everyone is like that. (laughs) And so that can also get me into a lot of trouble because like we were talking before and I said to you, a lot of the issues that I bring, um, you know, to a relationship or whatever, I will over own what is happening in the relationship to be like, oh yeah, 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 I did do that. Or yes, I'll go work on this or X, Y, and Z. I'll stop doing that. I'll go get this help or I'll do that. And then when I realize it, or I won't realize it till way later, but like, I'm the only one doing that and everybody has shit, but I know I'm not that messed up, you know? And like, so it's, it's one of those things where you have to really be paying attention to if you're on equal playing field with your partner or else that can become a really unhealthy dynamic. If only one person is taking the responsibility. Exactly. And I think, and we were talking about this too, when someone's like, emotionally immature or manipulative. And it's really hard to see that because it's so, it's like, we call it like the breadcrumbs, right? Like, it's just like, Mm. you have a lot of like little, like positive breadcrumbs. And then you have these like moments where they kind of like shake your like reasoning. Like you're just like, cause they're like, Oh, like they'll point out little things that maybe they know you're self-conscious of or insecure Mm. about. And then it becomes like just this mind field. (laughs) 
<laughs> like, is, was that me? Was that them? Okay. So they mentioned this was me. That makes yeah. sense because, and, and I think certain people really know like those like hot buttons, like what's going to really like get you going or make you feel insecure or make you like doubt yourself. Um, I mean, that's very specific to someone who's more manipulative and immature, but I think, I think there needs to be accountability on both ends. Even if someone does have baggage, we all have baggage, right? So we can't just like justify a behavior because of baggage. Like everyone needs to own their shit and hold themselves accountable. And I don't think it's ever one person, um, typically in relationships, you can't just pinpoint everything on one person. No, I think a scary part about owning your stuff would be if you were in a relationship with someone manipulative or emotionally immature, and then it's being used against you. Like I I'm very open. Obviously, like I have a podcast. I talk about what's even happening to random strangers. Like I'm pretty open about what is going on in my life. And so that translates into how I am in relationships too. And um, I have done a lot of work. And so I'm pretty aware of a lot of the stuff that I bring. Um, And I talk about this pretty openly, but I had a really bad breakup where I was engaged and had realized three months before the wedding that I got cheated on the entire relationship. And so, yeah, that did really affect my trust issues. And I've done a lot of work around that. And so although triggers may still come up, I have found that I am able to trust again when I'm in a safe relationship or space or anything like that. I've also been in situations where that has been used against me to justify bad behavior, like we're saying. And it's like what you're saying where you just start to get to the place where you're like, oh, God, yeah, I do have these trust issues. So you start second guessing yourself, right? Yeah. Or and those become overemphasized. Like, so you, you know, we again, we all have baggage, but if we're just Mm -hmm. harping all the things that we could do better, it doesn't like we're not being we're not acknowledging the things that we're doing well you know, that we're, that we're actually like thriving or, you know, overcoming. And so I think if someone especially uses that as like, you know, against you, that's not, that's not fair because we also have these strengths and resiliency factors that really go into future relationships and situations, Mm. you know? So I think if someone's just like harping on what went wrong or what you struggled with previously without acknowledging even just the resilience, that's very like manipulative in the sense of like, then it's not acknowledging this person's strong and capable and, but it sounds like you've done a lot of work and unfortunately a lot of people don't do the work. So then yeah, up in these relationships and someone's pointing out all the flaws or all the things that they've struggled with in past relationships that they've openly shared with this other person and it's used against them. And there's not always an awareness, especially if someone hasn't done the inner work, isn't super, like doesn't have a strong ego strength. Like they don't have a solid sense of self. So it's tough. It's really tough. And it's, it's really hard sometimes like, if you've dated a lot and been multiple types of situationships or whatever relationship, mm-hmm. it's hard to sometimes really know like who am I at my core and you know what do I know from my experiences, especially if you have lots of people sharing, you know, giving input and telling you what you did wrong or mm-hmm. I don't know, cause your judgment. It does. Yeah. Let's talk about some tips on how to get through that kind of thing because I know what you just said about the the part about really getting to know myself, that feels like where I am now. And like, I actually don't think I will accept certain things in the future because I've realized how much, you know, I'm writing everything down, obviously. So I remember this when you get in the like lovey places in a relationship, but like I've realized some of the things that I really kind of abandoned myself on in relationships in the past. And 
um, that I didn't show up for myself because I didn't really know myself and I didn't stay true to what you just said about like the work that I've done or um, the resiliency and all of the things like owning that within myself. And so I really can't expect someone else to do it if I'm not doing that within myself. Right. Well, and if you're not free, like if you're not sharing that part of you in that Mm -hmm. way, I'm not, and that's not, that's not, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's not their job to like, you know, tell you what you're doing well or what you're doing poorly, like a partner. But I think if you're just sharing, these are the, all the things I struggle with, then I think people will take it from that lens, right? Mm -hmm. Like you being insecure versus I need to build trust and, you know, I need to make sure that you can trust me and that we establish this foundation as, I don't know. I think it's, it's really huge. Yeah. And I think a lot of people go into dating without really knowing what they're looking for or really mm-hmm. knowing what they bring to the table. And so then you get, there's just so much noise because everyone's giving you like the people you're dating is giving input. Like, I don't know. I guess the thing is, is if you're not aware of your strengths and who you are at your core, then you're just kind of going to take in all the feedback and internalize lots of things that don't need to be internalized. I mean, the problem with online dating, which you're right, like that's where we're that's where we're at. Like, this is going to be the primary. Totally. Like this is I don't beyond the pandemic. Like this was prior to, right. So I think it's just really hard because you can interact with so many people all the time. So you're going to get so much feedback, positive and negative, whether it's someone's interested, whether someone's not interested, whether someone, you know, um, is critical of you, or if they're super complimentary, you're going to get so much feedback. So you really have to be true to who you are and know yourself really well mm-hmm. so that you don't take in all the noise or internalize everything that comes at you, especially online dating when like you're messaging someone and then they like ghost you or yeah. you know, someone will just unmatch you or their profile will be gone or you're having like a really good conversation with someone and they disappear. And if you don't have a solid sense of self, oftentimes it's internalized and it becomes right. like, what did I do wrong versus this person wasn't ready, or maybe they were talking to other people. But I think if you don't have that solid sense of self, it's easy to personalize it. And then it really chips away at your self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just sitting here thinking when you're talking about, you know, the piece of, 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 let me just reference my friends here who have done, done the dating apps, but I've seen the difference between my friends who have dated knowing what they want. And even if they can't, fully verbalize it all the time, I've seen them say no and like not be scared to say no. And something that I've realized, and this these are the people that I've seen have success on dating apps, but I've realized something I've done in my life and um, I'm trying to really focus on now is I will, I will have this mentality of like, well, let me be open to what the universe brings or is bringing, which I think is really important. And I don't want to try to control my life so much that I can't live it, you know, or I'm missing gifts from the universe. And I also think that like a person who maybe doesn't fit the profile of, of, a, of a person who could um, contribute to a relationship that would work for me or be a partner for me, I'll try to say yes, because I'm like, oh, they have this quality. Maybe I'm just being closed-minded. And the reality is, is I actually am getting to a place where I'm like, no, I know what I want. And something else is that I'm starting to say to myself, and I know it exists. Like, I'm not going to keep doing the message of, yeah, but I don't know if that's out there. I don't know if there's a guy like that. Like, I'm going to start saying the positive spin of that is like, what I want is what I want for a reason. That is what the universe gave me. And so I have to keep 
you know, focusing on that and being true to myself and knowing that that is a possibility in a dating relationship. I think what's really hard is when you've had a series of bad relationships or really bad interactions as you date is that you start to lose faith. Mm-hmm. And what you just said, let that person, those qualities are re- like they exist. Right. And, um, you know, it's hard because I think it's just, it, it, I mean, it makes sense. Like you're looking at all the evidence and you're like, how is it possible? Like these are all the relationships I've been in. And these are all the men I've encountered, for example, and men are women. Right. And so it either exists or it doesn't. And especially if you're, but the thing is, is if you really like look at your own patterns of how you choose partners or what you've done in the past, you'll kind of see, oh, okay. Like it's really not about this person existing or not. It's like maybe not setting boundaries or maybe focusing on these qualities that you feel like are important, like stability, like financial stability over like, you know, commitment, like right. things we don't really think about consciously, but I think if you look at it and again, it's not about blame. It's not being like you deserve those relationships, but you know, we often repeat the behaviors of like the caregivers that we, and parents that we watched, you know, growing up in their relationships, or even like what we see on TV, which is very like that fairy tale situation where there's like mm. this huge barrier between these two lovers. And then like they overcome it, you know, in some way. So then we have this belief that like, what love is, is two people that are meant to be together, but there's this huge, like, yeah. And so people hurt, they, they internalize it. Like I see yeah. that all the time. And so it's like, and then it's like, well, something wrong with me or they don't exist versus like, let me change how I look at relationships and what I'm looking for in a partner. And I think you'll see some shifts. Yeah. So to me, what I heard in that was really getting in touch with what your core values are. Because I do think some of the things we could shift on is, hey, maybe the guy doesn't have to be 6'4 and, you know, have a certain job in a certain industry. Like those things don't necessarily seem very important. Um, And maybe that's the thing that you could be like, okay, maybe I'm being a little close-minded. But when it comes to core values, how do we get in touch with our individual core values, the things that we want in a relationship and finding someone who's in line with that. So I think the first part is like you said, clarifying your own values. And I don't think people really take the time to do that. And oftentimes we assume our values are that we, we just assume that our values are in line with like maybe our families or our cultures Mm -hmm. or our friends. Right. And we don't actually take the time to like tease out what's ours, what, what are our own values versus the people around us? Mm -hmm. I think that's the first part, right? Because you know, I'm trying to think of something like, for example, like, um, I don't know, like, I think like, I've talked to people that are like, you know, I work with a lot of people that are in the healthcare and helping industry, I guess. Okay. So oftentimes, they're very, like, extremely liberal and progressive. And I'm and I'm all about those values need to somewhat overlap. I feel like, like those values are super important for long, like longevity and having a long term relationship that actually lasts. Um, because you need to share those to build a life together ultimately. However, if someone's not going to marches like with you, it, are we writing them off? Like, so I, I've had conversations with clients and it's like, okay, is there room for like some flexibility? So if someone's not going to marches with you, like, are we okay with that? Right. <laughs> like, like is someone supportive of your like social endeavors? Is that okay? Or if someone is supportive of your career and your, um, you know, your involvement in social issues, mm-hmm. we'll just say it. I'm just thinking as an example, because I work with so many social workers. I'm like, it's not about having 
like values that are exact, the exact same, but also I think it is important that someone's on a similar page. That's like a very odd one, but I think it's this idea of really teasing at what's important to you and then like really clarifying what are non-negotiables. So like, mm-hmm. I think for, ex- I mean, I also use this example as like, I'm a huge dog person. And if someone wasn't like hated dogs, like lifestyle wise, like what, what that all looks like for me, I mean, that would just be really, really difficult. So, yeah. so like that where I think we're like, I think some people actually might be like, well, that shouldn't be a non-negotiable. But if you are a dog person, you have a dog or multiple animals and you just see yourself like living a life with animals and this other person's either allergic or they just hate them. I mean, I guess allergies could be one thing, but like they just don't have that same passion and they really don't like animals, it's going to be really tough. So I think it's clarifying your own values and also being like, is this my value or that of my parents? Like, do I really need a man to be like this, like epitome of masculinity? Or is that something that was taught to me through parents or, you know, my community or how I socialize? And then if you can like acknowledge, oh, okay. Like to me, masculinity is this, or it can be different and there's flexibility, then you're more open to different like ideas of what that looks like and your your doors will open. But I think you have to kind of come to that understanding first because otherwise if you're going to a situation and someone, like if you're dating a guy and he's not what you believe is masculine and then you write someone off who's could be a really good partner, like you're potentially writing some, you know, so I think it's like clarifying what's important to you and then also realizing are these values in line with actually who I am or are they something that just kind of was passed passed down to me or something that I just kind of became ingrained in my head from whatever experiences in the past. So I think it's really just, it varies from person to person, but I think clarifying that your personal values is important. And then also teasing out what's non-negotiable. Like you said, if they're not six, four, okay. Like <laughs> what if they have it all? Like what if they're ready for like a committed relationship? What, whether, what if they have the same interests or they want the same in life? And then you're like, well, they're only five ten. I mean, that doesn't seem fair, especially if there's other qualities that you find attractive and that can like, I guess, compliment your own personality traits. Right. If you know anything about me, you know, I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found cozy earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Well, and that is something, too, if we're just going on physical looks and all of and the exterior, like good on paper kind of stuff. I do feel like when you're truly in line with someone, they become more and more attractive to you the longer you're together or the more you fall in love or anything like that. So it's funny that those things are such big focuses at the beginning because in reality, the further you get in a relationship, if someone truly is aligned with you, um, they just, all that little stuff just doesn't matter. It seems like it just goes out the window. And I don't know about you, but like all the people, at least all my friends that are in long-term relationship, which is most of them, I feel like all of them were not like immediately, like they were, there was Mm. some attraction, but it wasn't like, that's my type or this is like the person I pictured myself with. I don't know one friend who has thought that. I really don't. And I feel like in my own even experiences, if I've written someone off because of those, you know, the physical attributes or those like, yeah, the the what's good on paper. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it, it, I don't know. That only can go so far. It's so, so superficial. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. I think it just from evidence and even from like watching people in my family and their connection, it's not, it, there've been things that have not been perfect, but it's really worked out because the core values are shared or they have these personalities that really complement one another. Yeah. Yeah. Like One thing I've learned for me, and I I was going to say too, I think that this is such an interesting journey with ourselves because you mentioned the masculine thing. And it's like, it is interesting, the programming, like I, my dad was a football player and, you know, like I have these built in mentalities about masculinity that I didn't even realize until recently. Like my dad's really tall. Like it's like stuff like that, that I started to be like, oh, this is a man and this is what I would be drawn to. Um, which sounds gross, but it's what we all do subconsciously. It's like our programming to what we, um, what we know as masculinity or whatever, femininity. Um, but so recently I've been on this journey of kind of exploring what other kinds of masculine and feminine energies there are. And it's been so enlightening to me on what actually is in line for me. Like I personally, and on a spiritual journey, I'm a seeker. And like you said, the specifics of that might not matter for me in a relationship, like if the person's doing exactly what I'm doing, but something that I find so attractive and actually super in line with the masculine energy I like is for that person to be on a similar journey, like a seeking spiritual journey. Like that is just going to be what I need in a relationship. And that's become a really big core value for me. Can you imagine if you're dating someone who's like, 
completely like, and I don't want to say like atheist, but just like, there's no, there's no higher, there's no. Yes, like, I can imagine. Cause I've done it. <laughs> and I, I ended up being this person that would just try to teach all the time, you know, like, but, but this is why that's happening or the universe or, oh my God, like the stars are in line on this way this day. And they're just like, you're crazy. <laughs> even if there's just a curiosity, like we're not saying someone has to be completely spiritual, but like, right. I think if we're to date someone completely the opposite who's like, that's all bullshit. Then I think that's not fair. Like if it's, I don't, it's just not going to work. Like I'm not the right person for them. No. And I think, it, I think someone also can be like, believe that there's no like bigger thing that's bigger than us and also be open-minded to their partner. So I, I think it's one of the, but I think what, I, what I'm hearing is that is a non-negotiable for you. You want yeah. someone to be on that journey, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. But then say that wasn't a non-negotiable, but you're like, I need someone to be spiritual, but it wasn't like as big. Mm-hmm. If someone was respectful and honored where you were at and were open to conversations, I would encourage that like a client to be like, okay, let's let's just let that like sit with that. Like what would that yeah. look like? And if they have all these other qualities and that's the one thing that they're maybe not like as excited about, I mean, but it sounds like for you, that's a non-negotiable. That's a non, you're right. It is a non-negotiable, not just a core value. Like it's, yeah, that's a, I'm glad I just had that realization. Thank you. Because <laughs> I think it varies from person to person. Like I think, um, I mean, for the longest time, I really... I don't know. I was like really interested in the big personalities and partners. And that was always something I was attracted to. And I'm realizing, mm-hmm. okay, this is non-negotiable. And honestly, that has never really complimented my personality. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that sometimes you have to be like, is that something I'm just attracted to? Also, my dad's very social. So it's exactly. funny. Ugh, it's it's like, it is. And it's like the whole daddy issues thing, right? Like it's oh, like right. trying to demystify that and just like, okay, no, it's what we're used to. What's normal to us. And it can even be, if you have a good relationship with that parent, very attractive, but like you're not dating your parent. (laughs) Right. Or it's the dynamic, you know, like that's, that's something like we, like if your dad's really social, like you said, like, you know how to fall in line with that dynamic. And so it's just, what's like the familiarity piece is another thing that I've really been bumming up against. And I'm like, wait, is this actually something that serves me in my life or is this just familiar because I've done it for so long? Exactly. Okay. Well, let's talk about, I want to know, first of all, because you see mostly women and obviously most of the people who listen to this podcast are women, probably in the same age range. um, What are the main things that you see women bumping up against with dating these days? I, well, and I don't know if, I, I have a couple of things, but the one thing I was thinking is I think because mostly people, most people are doing it through apps is having so many options. And I think this actually yeah. happens then too. And yeah. then kind of feeling like, do I follow through with this one person or like keep dating? And I'm not saying you can't date multiple people at once, but I think because we have all these like matches at the tip of our fingers, we have all these potential singles like mm-hmm. at our disposal. I think it's easy to write someone off mm-hmm. knowing you have this exponential amount of singles like right. available in a matter of seconds. And right. so I think we lack patience. And I think that's a huge that's a huge part in dating. I think it's like I think especially because things on apps move really quickly. So mm-hmm. if someone's not moving quickly or if you're not sure it's a good fit right away. We're very quick to write people off. 
And I think it's also just where our society is at. We're very fast moving. We want answers. We hate uncertainty. And so if something's not moving fast enough or like, you're like, okay, like I kind of am interested in this person, but something may be missing. So I'm just Mm going to date five more people and see where those go. Then, then we're distracted sometimes. And I'm not saying you can't date multiple people at once, but I think, I think we're not actually giving someone a fair chance if we're dating like five people at one time. Right. I was just thinking when you said that we like things fast, I'm like, and enter COVID because that is the main thing that we all got served, right? Like, hey, your life is going to be on pause and hey, it's going to be on pause for like multiple years, not just like, I thought the pandemic would last a month max, you know? And yeah, and I think we're still kind of coming back from it. And I also think that life as we knew it is probably not ever going to exist again. Like it's like a new thing now. And so part of that for me and um, the people that I've talked to about it has been slowing down, uh, really being intentional with time, with relationships, with all of it and making sure it's in line, but also not just like passing through it so quickly, like what you're saying. And I can totally see where that's hard on a dating app. (laughs) hard too, because like, it's that, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's a business. And I think that's, I think they're, you know, they have to, they, they have, obviously people have found their partners and their life partners through all these, this happens all the time, but I think ultimately it's a business and they want you to stay on the apps and on sites like algorithm wise. Right. So I think there are qualities of different apps that, that make dating easier or like, more intentional. I think, and I'm not going to, I'm not like a sponsor by any of these, by the way, but like hinge, for example, requires you to slow down a little bit because you're not swiping and they have a little uh, bit of okay. profiles and what you can look for. Um, coffee meets bagel too, gives you like limited um, number of like matches, I think because it reduces the swiping. So I think there's certain apps that actually serve to slow it down. Granted, they're still a business. So, sure. um, but I think it's just so easy to kind of just fly through matches and, and just keep looking and to always feel like the grass is always greener, especially if something, especially in the beginnings of a new relationship, right? You don't know where that person is. We'll never know exactly where someone is right away. And there's always the uncertainty. So I think the thing is, is people then want to like jump into other situations because they know they can. And it just becomes, this like almost like this, like hamster wheel that you're doing with dating where you're just like, dating one person, unsure about where it's going. So then you jump back on the apps and then you're talking to someone else and like, it just becomes this like vicious cycle. I was going to say, it sounds so addictive. It's like any sort of social media, I guess, but it's like our brains seem like they just get wired to that hit then. Right. And yeah. I think that's just a big part of it. I think it's people like the flirty. I mean, because there's parts that are fun and flirty and like sure. someone you, you get excited. And then it's just like, and while you're talking to someone else that you're interested in, you see this new person, I think it distracts from like, what am I really looking for? Right. Cause you're more, cause then it becomes more about like the, the flirtation and like the ego hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how do we slow things down? And I mean, maybe something in that, even in that piece would be to really get clear on, do you, are you looking for a relationship or are you just looking to have fun and date and maybe be really honest with yourself about where you are and what you're looking for? I think that's a big part is before you even like download the app or like jump on the app is being like, what am, what do I want from this? If okay. you want to tell people that's totally fine. But then I think it's, being honest with the other people on the other side that you're right. like, 
just having fun dating multiple people or talking to multiple people, not sure you want to settle down. And then if you are interested in something serious, staying true to yourself in that way, I think women, especially were again, like they're, we're socialized to be very like, um, submissive and docile and to be like, okay, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to play it cool. Like, I'm not going to tell them I want a relationship if they're like, just kind of like seeing where things go and they're more casual about it. So I think then it's being truthful to yourself and honest with the person you're talking to. And you don't have to say I'm going to get married tomorrow, but it's like, it's, you know, ultimately I'm looking for like a connection or a partnership right. where it is. Cause I think that's the thing too, is there's often this need and want to be desired and liked. And so then we aren't communicating what we actually want. And I did that all the time in my twenties. I tried to play it so cool. Like, and I wasn't, I'm so introverted, but I like try to play like the party girl, like, just like, yeah, I'm like Mm. totally go with the flow. And like, it's everything's great. And I'm like, totally cool with like hearing from you once a week and like, who cares? But like, if you're the cool girl. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't authentic. And I think that came off. And also like I was going crazy because I wasn't, I was involving myself with people that weren't available because, but also I wasn't communicating like my expectations or really even following through with my own expectations. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Like maybe this is a blessing that comes with age. And I'm like I said, I'm almost 40. And so like, I don't care. Like I've, whenever I start dating again, I feel like I might not be, I mean, I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm looking for marriage with you, but like if right. I know I'm looking for marriage or I'm looking for a serious relationship, like I'm leading with that, like not here to just fuck around and whatever. Cause like it's such a waste of time and energy. And the right people will be receptive to that. Right. I mean, people might be taken, like taken back because maybe they're not used to that directness, mm. but also then, I mean, but if anyone's offended or like freaked out by that, that's their own stuff. Like that's, totally. that's, And I think the thing is, is sometimes we internalize that. So then like, typically then it's like a lot of them will second guess what they say. Cause they're like, Oh no, now they're like not as interested, but I'm like, well, then that wasn't the person for you. If you have to like play the game and pretend you want something before you really are honest about what you want and are looking for, that's not, that's not a recipe for a good long-term relationship. Right. Oh, no, so, it's starting on the wrong foot. I do think it's age though. I do think like experience teaches you directness and communicating what you want is, is the, it can be difficult and lead to like people to not be interested, especially if someone on the other end is not wanting something long-term or like that mm. freaks them out because of their own, maybe avoidant attachment or their own like trust issues, or maybe they just don't want to commit, right? Like maybe they just want to play the field, which is totally fair. But it's not, I think it's important not to personalize it. And I think that's also difficult for many people not to do is personalize it. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To talk through that a little bit, how do we, if we start getting into dating, um, how do we stand in our own self and not get really upset when maybe it's not going as well as we want it to? I think it's a lot of self-talk. I mean, I think we're human and we want to be liked and we want connection. If someone pushes us away or there's this feeling of rejection, that's really tough. So I think it's first and foremost, it's like that self-compassion piece and it's important to just like honor what you're feeling and feeling disappointed or feeling unwanted or feeling like rejected. I think that's totally fair to feel that way. I feel like yeah. we tend to, um, like are, are just so hard on ourselves. So I think the first part, and I know it's like corny, but really is just like acknowledging and holding space for yourself. And then also like acknowledging that it's not personal. There's like, especially what's hard is there's going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people like not just that on an app, but at a bar where we don't know what their intentions are, what their background is. So I think it's important to remember like all the external factors that are in pl- like that are in play that we just have no clue what's going on. Yeah. So it's easier. It's, you know, we just, we just take in the information we have, which is like our interaction with this person or like our profile that we put up, right. For example. And so then we're just looking at that evidence. And then usually a lot of the time we're internalizing it. It's like, okay, so maybe I did something wrong mm-hmm. versus we don't know how, if they got out of a relationship. We don't know if they're dating someone else already. We don't know if they're like, I mean, maybe they save on a relationship just because they're trying to say all the right things, but maybe they really don't and don't care. And it's not about us. It's just where they're at. So right. it's important to really hold space for those feelings that come up with dating and disappointment because it happens all the time. I think we have a really low tolerance for that. Like we have a really low tolerance for things not working out and for those feelings of rejection mm-hmm. and just the, the ability, I guess, to depersonalize, to not, not internalize it, not say it's about us and really just actively be like, it wasn't my person. Cause if you think about it, you don't want to have to force that person to be in a relationship with no. you or someone that's never going to be a healthy and fulfilling relationship. And so if you're going after someone that's not available, I mean, it's not a reflection of you and you deserve someone who wants to be with you and wants to have a relationship with you. So I think kind of going back, like, and I, I think it's kind of that universe. Like, would you end up with that? I don't know. And that spirituality of like, will you end up with someone who's like meh about you? Like, I think you'd want someone to be a little bit more enthusiastic about it. And so having kind of that, I don't think we ground ourselves in that enough, right? I think right. men a lot, 
this generalizing, but I do think we kind of, I think it's the need for validation. It comes from insecurity and low self-esteem, but it's like, ultimately you want to be with someone who wants to be with you. Right. Um, My astrologer always says rejection is your best protection. And in the moment, it might not feel that way, but like ultimately, if the universe is taking someone out of your life, they're probably not meant to be there. And like you said, we just chase or we, I think with women, a lot of times it's the pressure to be in a relationship. We think we can't be happy on our own or um, we're not whole until we're in a relationship. And especially as we get older, there's such pressure with having kids. And, you know, there's all these timelines that women get put on that men don't. And I do think that that kind of makes us lose our judgment a little bit with relationships. Another thought that came up for me was the mirroring thing. And like when you're drawing in someone and it really like, maybe you internalize what their behavior is doing. It's usually that there's a story in your head within you about that because we don't know, like you said, why people do what they do or what their motivation is. And most of the time, I think most people are just reacting to whatever they need to to inside themselves. Like it actually has nothing to do with you. But, um, But what is it bringing up for you? Like, are you feeling abandoned? Are you feeling like, oh, I wasn't pretty enough? And like, why is that the story in your head? And that would be like maybe an effective thing to look at doing the work and that's I mean that exactly yeah. usually come down to like earlier childhood experiences a relationship with your with your caregivers or parents earlier on and even like you know those relationships you had with peers and um like romantic relationships even in like early adolescence that are very formative of how we view ourselves in relationships mm. so I don't think people think about that I think and I used to be even you know as a therapist in person in this field for, for a while now, I used to be so resistant to this idea of like, let's go deeper into like the childhood experiences, like yeah. Freudian approach. I think I, I mean, cause just Freudian was a little loopy for me, but like, I think it came, I mean, it was grounded in so, there's something to be said about that idea of like, those are the, you know, developmentally, what are those relationships during our formative years? What's going on in those relationships? Because mm-hmm. it does, we see ourselves like you, like mirrored through the relationship with our parents, our siblings, peers, earlier relationships. So I think it's important. And I don't think like things like bullying, things like, um, or like a parent that's absent or just not emotionally available. I think those things we don't really take into account often because we picture, you know, when we think of trauma or we think about like insecure attachment, we think of like something more extreme, like, Mm -hmm. like physical abuse or, you know, um, I don't know. We think of these very extreme situations versus like even these like micro aggressions by like peers in middle school. Right. Like I've been more open about that. I think that impacted me more than I was really aware of was being objectified in middle school having big boobs. And so like, it's just those things, like all the like slurs and feedback that I got was like, Oh, like I'm only as good as my body, but I didn't yeah. think you really fo- like explore that for the longest time. Cause I think I just wanted to be like, I was 12 or 13. Like, like that was nothing. Like, you know, I'm 20 something now, like things, <laughs> things have yeah. changed, but those yeah. things really impact us and our core beliefs about ourselves. So I think doing that work is so important, especially yeah. as you date. And then enter a new relationship because we can't hold another person accountable for our own trauma and experiences. Mm. Say that one again. That one's pretty big. (laughs) We can't hold anyone accountable for our, our own trauma and experiences. Right. Yes, that is huge. And I think that 
it's so scary to me to even think about dating sometimes because I realize how many of us are just walking around wounded, not even addressing our trauma and all of that stuff. And it's there. And it's not, like you said, even the things that happen in junior high, like if you have this mentality of, oh, that happened back then, it doesn't affect me. Like the body keeps the score. It's all there. Like it is all there, even from before we were on this earth in our mother's womb. And so really just like diving into the possibility or looking at the effects of the things that have happened to us, even if they seem insignificant, it really does keep showing up in our relationships unless it's addressed. Exactly. Something else that just if we're talking about earlier child experiences, like how did your parents talk about what it meant to be like a woman or what it meant to be in a relationship Mm. or what the significance, you know, the significance of your physical appearance, like oftentimes, and I don't think parents always do that or oftentimes they don't do it intentionally, but right. If they're like, if you had a mom that was so fixated on weight and body image and being the perfect partner and you know what I mean? We Mm. internalize that, even if they don't put it on us or tell us we have to do that. We mirror that because we see that's important. That was important to them. So that should be important to me. So I think too, it's like teasing out those messages we receive from our family and caregivers. I don't think we really think about that enough. And again, I think those things are actually really telling. Yeah. So when we initially were talking, you um, mentioned to me, you know, keep the focus on yourself and not if the other person likes you or it's okay to be picky. Can you give us a couple like big points on that and just going into dating with the intention of dating and having fun, but also really staying true to yourself. Yeah. I mean, so being picky and I bring that up because I think for the longest time, because I've been like the single one of most, and I started doing a lot of this work with clients because I came out the other end. I'm not saying that means I'm like married in this like a relationship right now, but I think I was so focused on being liked and wanted and part of a relationship Mm. and partnership. And I do think there was a time where I was seeking validation from other people. However, through those experiences, I've learned what I want and what I don't want. And I've been in situations with men that have been fairly unhealthy or they've been very, um, they've been very like, I I don't know. I think it's been very stereotypical misogynistic type. Yeah. So I think I am very specific as to what I want and have learned that if I don't put that out there, I'm going to, I mean, encounter lots of people that I don't want to encounter. And I think the thing is, is I also, I think getting feedback as the only like single person amongst a lot of my friends was that like, there's something wrong with being picky, but like, I, I don't think it's worth settling. I don't think so. And I'm noticing now people that got married in the early mid twenties and I'm not wishing divorce or separation on anyone. Mm -hmm. You don't know who you are then. You're not, you're not thinking in terms of like being picky and having these high standards and expectations for a partner in a relationship. So I think the success that comes in a relationship is when you really do know what you want, what you deserve. And again, it doesn't make things like super easy all the time, but at least you're in a relationship that's fulfilling typically and makes you feel good versus feel bad. So I think just being picky, really meaning like kind of what we talked about, the non-negotiables and really sticking with that. I think sometimes too, with age, like you said, the expectations developmentally of having kids, starting a family, or just this like idea of the spinster that, you know, women automatically become when they hit a certain age, which is bullshit is then we seek till we kind of like, are like, okay, maybe I do need to be less picky or maybe there's something I'm like, I should, you know, I should just maybe settle. Like maybe this is as good as it's going to get. But I mean, I always ask you, would you rather be 
like on your own and relatively happy and content with where your life is? Or would you rather be in like a really mediocre and unfulfilling relationship for the rest of your life? Right. Or in a really unhealthy relationship. And almost everyone's like, no, I'd rather be on my own. Of course. The thing is too, is I don't think if you make a life that you like for yourself and that you find fulfilling as an individual, like you're, you don't have personal goals. You don't have like a, a really strong sense of like self and commitment to your own values. I think you will settle because you're looking for that in another person. So I think the key is, is really developing that solid sense of self, having a understanding where you're at so that single or not, you're happy with who you are and you won't settle because you'll know I have all these other aspects of my life that I really like and love about myself. That is so true. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude partner in hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That is so true because I definitely feel like the times in my life where I've maybe stayed too long in relationships that weren't working for me, my personal life maybe wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. So I didn't feel like I was walking back into something I loved. And then the times where I'm like, no, this relationship is not serving me have been the times where I'm very in line with what's happening in my life. And I love my life. And so like, I'm not going to settle for some bullshit or some half-assed relationship because I don't need it. And it's taking away, right? So if you have this life created for yourself and this is just adding more stress and you have to give, 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 Mm -hmm. and it's just taking it's like, then you'll know, okay, this is sucking the life mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. versus if you are not happy, you don't know what you want. You really don't have anything you're grounded to as far as values or beliefs. I think it's easy to fall into these relationships where that's almost decided for you, but yeah. it often is not fulfilling because it's not connected with what you want. So I know that's like very vague, but I think it's like every individual is different with what they, what's important to them and what their values are. So it's like, we can't tell people like, this this is what you should look for. It really has to come down to what you want and what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's finish off with, I mean, because I know we've given a lot of tips on maybe how to date and uh, there, I think dating is something that's really important to most people, but how do we not let this just control our lives? Like, how does this not become the only focus in our life is finding a relationship or my life isn't complete without a relationship? You know, like, how do we just get into this place of having real balance with dating versus living our own lives? Well, and that's the thing I think is so, I'm glad you said that because I think it's so easy. I think it is the social media piece and the addiction of being on mm-hmm. apps and like seeking that grat, like the instant gratification that we then spend lots of time on apps or doing things related to dating and neglecting other areas of our life. And then we're just burnout out because we're not meeting people that we truly connect with. And then we're not neglecting all the things that are important to us. Right. Um, so I do think setting limits on how much you're dating or how much time you spend on apps is super important. So I always okay. tell people, and like, if you're just swiping and not even met, like spend 30 minutes tops on an app, like don't spend the, and you can set the screen time for most phones on how long you're on certain apps. So like okay. be cognizant of that. So be really intentional with how much time you're spending on the apps. And then I think it's, it's that question. You might have to ask yourself this multiple times, but I always tell clients is like, if we were to take dating out of the picture or, or, you know, the need to be in a relationship or desire, not need, want to be in a relationship out of the picture, like, are you content with your life? Mm. And if the answer is yes, then I think you're on a good path and you're living life in line with your values and you are doing things that are important to you outside of dating and your life is full. If it's no, it's like, okay, how, what are the things we can do to focus on building the life you want? Because if you're so consumed by dating and neglecting those things, like you're essentially, you know, you're, you're denying yourself happiness for the sake of a relationship. And it's easier said than done, but I think it's focusing on, am I still like exercising? If that's something I really Mm -hmm. like to do and that's important to me, am I still spending time with friends? Am I like, you know, doing the things like pursuing my personal goals that I was pursuing prior to dating or being in a new relationship. Oftentimes I would drop everything in my twenties for a person. Like I just stopped, you know, I loved fitness, but I'd be like exercising all I would be, you know, that's just something that helps me, but I wouldn't be exercising. I'd be like waiting for a phone call. I'd cancel plans with friends. Like if you're Mm -hmm. doing those things, you're pausing your life for someone else. And even if you end up with this person, you still need your own self sense of self and autonomy. So right. either way, that's so important for your mental health and while being like in the process of finding someone or even while you're in a relationship with someone. Yes. I, yeah. I totally agree. And that's a balance that I'm going to be seeking for the, yeah. the new, the new me, the new me. Yeah. Um, so Leah, tell everyone where they find you, they can find you. I know I love following you on Instagram because you give all of these different quotes or tips and it's mostly around dating, but it's also about your relationship with yourself. So it's really important. So tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at your modern therapist. And I actually link all my articles that I have on psychology today, which is a lot about dating attachment and like self-image. So those are really helpful. I find to doing the inner work as you date. Yes. I'm going to be reading those as I start to date again. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and for um, talking us through dating. I think it can be fun and exciting and it can be scary. So, you know, it's like we all got to stick together. It can be both. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Leah. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson, where we believe everyone has a little velvet and a little edge. Subscribe for more conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. Search Velvet's Edge wherever you get your podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.